0: Good morning. Today's scripture will be from 2nd Timothy chapter 2 verses 14 through 21. Tell your people about these things again. In the name of the Lord, tell them not to argue over words that are not important. It helps no one and it hurts the faith of those who are listening. Do your best to know that God is pleased with you. Be as a workman who has nothing to be ashamed of. Teach the words of truth in the right way. Do not listen to foolish talk about things that mean nothing. It only leads people farther away from God. Such talk will spread like cancer. Hymenaeus and Philetus are like this. They have turned from the truth. They say the dead have already been raised. The faith of some people has been made weak because of such foolish talk. But the truth of God cannot be changed. It says the Lord knows those who are his, and everyone who says he is a Christian must turn away from sin. In a big house, there are not only things made of gold and silver, But also of wood and clay. Some of us, or some are of more use than others. Some are used every day. If a man lives a clean life, he will be like a dish made of gold. He will be respected and set apart for good use by the owner of the house.
1: Good morning again, and uh, thank you again for being here. I was going to. Every time I preach, Diane is in the nursery. So I'm wondering how much money she's been paying Maggie or whoever it is making that schedule to miss out on, uh, on all of this. Uh, but anyway, uh, she will, she'll probably watch it later, much later probably, uh, to catch it. But anyway, we are glad that you're here today. If you're visiting, thank you for visiting. Uh, please fill out a card to let us know that you're here and. Uh, and, and stick around because we'd li- like to meet you. The song that Caleb led, just the, the last song, turn my heart, O God, like rivers of water, turn my heart, O, o Lord, to your hand, till my whole life flows in the river of your spirit, and my name brings honor to the land. I've always loved that song, that chorus, because it's, it's a prayer, it's a prayer for us to live close to God. It's a prayer for us to, to be able to live in such a way that my name would bring honor to the Lamb. And as e- each of us live our lives, we have that opportunity to do so. Uh, we are saints in, 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 God's, in God's book, in God's, in God's world, because we have those who have, have, have accepted Jesus, been baptized, and, and, and uh, headed their lives toward him we, we are those saints, and we have these opportunities and work to do. So we have that opportunity to bring honor to the Lamb. We have the old life and the new life, as we spoke about uh, there in the, uh, in the opening. If you could uh, flip that next slide there, Dalton, please. Uh, we have the old life and the new life. And our new life, it should be markedly different. And for many people, for some people who became Christians, your life you were on a pretty good track. Maybe you had great parents, maybe you had a great will within yourself to, to do the right things and do good. But a lot of people turn their lives in such a way that it's a completely different direction. I've, I've shared with you uh, about our, our dear neighbor who talks about, the, who talks about the, uh, uh, how, how lost, how terribly lost she was before she became a Christian. And as she says that, she has tears in her eyes. She has tears in her eyes of, of the life she lived before she met Christ. And I love to hear, to, I love to speak with her and to talk with her because she has such a story, story to tell. But we all have an old life and we all have this new life that God has, has brought to us. So the, the verse from Ephesians chapter 2 is, For we are God's handiwork, created in Christ. Jesus, to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. God had a plan for us. God had a plan for our lives, for our actions, to be different people. And then the verse that we shared at the beginning, I'd like for you to read it with me again on the next slide. It says, therefore, let's read it together. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The new creation has come. The old is gone. The new is here. Sorry about that that extra line was in there. Uh, that we are new, we have a different direction, and that we have a new life. This, this month or last month, actually, there was a, a period of time we were talking about biblical words, reclaiming those biblical words. And one of the words of, of today is "truth. What is truth? Uh, as the next slide goes on there, it says that a simple def- definition of what truth is truth is what is consistent with the mind and will and character, glory, and being of God. That's what truth is. That's what truth is and what God inspires in us. That it is what's consistent with the mind, the will, the character, and glory, and the being of God. And so the truth for us, more to the point, is that truth is our self-expression of God. We are living out God to the world around us. And we have that opportunity to be the face of Christ to the world around us. There's a statue, and I'm I'm not sure where it is, but it was one of the world wars. It was a statue of Christ. And and through the war, it lost its hands, it lost its feet, and they were going to rebuild it, and the conversation went on that how will we rebuild this, this statue? And somebody said, we don't have to because we are the hands and feet of Christ. And, and that, that, that thought has never been far from me because I, I see that. I can see that we need to be the hands and the feet of Christ. Uh, coincidentally, at Pilate, um, this is one of the most profound eternal, and eternally significant uh, questions in the Bible was posed by an unbeliever, Pilate the man who handed Jesus over to be crucified turned to Jesus in his final hour and and asked, what is truth? It was a rhetorical question, and and it was cynical. He was being cynical to Jesus, but Jesus said to him, I have come to the world to testify to the truth. I have come to testify to the truth that that God is God, that he is our creator, that he has a plan for us. The next slide, and we're not gonna hit all these verses, and I will send this out uh, should people want it, if you don't wanna write it down real quick. But truth is all of these different things. Truth is absolute, truth is knowable. Sometimes we say we, we we don't know the truth, we can't find the truth, but you can know truth. Truth is doable, it is synonymous with the word, it is inspired, it is beautiful, It illuminates, it is militant, it is objective, not subjective, and truth is final. And all of those words about truth remind us that we have duties to do. As it says there, that it's knowable. We should know the truth about God and through his word. It is doable. There are things we do because we know God's word. There are things that inspire us from God's word. Sometimes God's word is very beautiful. Uh, Diane's reading through the book of psalms right now and there's so many psalms that have just a beautiful uh, Reminder to us of God's relationship with us and our relationship with him and and then in class this morning We talked about sometimes truth is militant and that doesn't sound Sometimes that doesn't sound like that goes along with what truth is about but we find in our societies today that we have many opportunities to stand and to be militant, and sometimes we have to fight with love against what's being taught in our society and in our world, and sometimes being militant means that we have to stand for what is right, and we must do so in, and do it in, in, do it in love. So those are many characteristics, and like I said, there are many verses that go along with that, but I'm not going to, uh, uh, to hit all of those this morning. So as as the vet, as the uh, as the uh, I see Diane sitting there. So did somebody come and you give them money to so you could be here? <laughs> that was not the intent of that comment. But thank you for being here today. Um, so the purpose um, the purpose of our lives together. We are vessels for service. Um, we are vessels for service. So I'd like us to turn to Titus chapter three and uh, follow along, it's gonna be on the screen as well. But there's some things in here that we are to do and to be a part of. Titus chapter three, starting with verse one. It says, teach your people to obey the leaders of their country. They should be ready to do any good work. They must not speak bad of anyone, they must not argue. They should be gentle and kind to all people. There's several things in this first section of verses that we should obey our leaders, that we should be ready to do any good work, and we must not speak bad of anyone, and must not argue. How are we doing on those? How are we doing on those things? Those are tough things, but they are doable because of, of, of our relationship with God, and he gives us these opportunities to see and recognize good works. Uh, something that's always stood with me is something that Billy Thorne said many years ago and and said it as recently as about three weeks ago, um, that every time you say yes to something, you say no to something else. So that means there are lots of good works that are available for us to do, lots of opportunities. And we have to pick what we feel that we can do. And I can't look at, at somebody and say, well, you didn't do my activity, but you chose to do this activity. I can't look at it that way. I am pleased as anything that you're involved in something, and, and that we all need to have those opportunities to be involved in something and do something, because we can all do something. Um, and then number, verse two, it says, therefore, uh, they, we, they must not speak bad of anyone, and they must not argue. How are we doing on that, teens? <laughs> How are we doing on that, husbands and wives, employers, employees, struggling with uh, not speaking bad, about not arguing, it's kinda of hard, isn't it, sometimes to swallow that pride. Caleb talked about a grace a couple of weeks ago, and the grace that we should have for others in love to be able to hear somebody else's opinion, speak to them in love about, about it, and not argue. As it's said in the verses that uh, Jared read, arguing is, really does no good and then it also is, is a disservice to those who are believers. It is frustrating to hear something where it's an argument every time about something. And that doesn't mean we can't be militant and, and speak truth where truth is, is, is needed and spoken, but we must, we must not argue. We must not um, argue and complain. It says they should be gentle and kind to all people Verse 3 says, there was a time when we were foolish. Remember old life, new life? Uh, There were times when when we were foolish and did not obey. We were fooled in many ways. Strong desires uh, held us in in their power. We wanted only to please please ourselves. We wanted what others had and were angry when we could not have them. We hated others and they hated us. But God, the one who saves, showed us how kind he was and how he loved us by saving us from the punishment of sin. The conversation there is that we had our eyes on the worldly things and material things. We weren't focused on what God wanted for us and had for us. And therefore, our eyes were on the world instead of on God's promises and God's gifts to us. And when we do that, sometimes we look around and we get very frustrated that this person has this and that person has that, and I don't have that. Maybe I don't even want that. But because they have that, hey, that's not right. And so we have this, 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 this conversation within ourselves. It says, so the strong desires in us, uh, in, in their power, we want it only to please ourselves. When we are in Christ, we want to please Him. We want to please Christ. We want to please our Father in Heaven. In order to do so, we have to put away our desires. We have to put away what it is that we want and, and, and be able to give our will and power to him. But verse 4 there says, but God, the one who saves, showed us how, how kind he was and how he loved us by saving us from the punishment of sin. I heard once that if we would only catch a glimpse, just a glimpse, of one soul burning in hell, it would change It would change our direction and our desire to be urgently seeking and saving the lost and telling others about Jesus, if we could only see that. Going on to uh, the verse six, it says, it was not because he worked uh, to be right with God, it was because of his loving kindness that he washed our sins away. And in the same time, he gave us that new life when the Holy Spirit came into our lives. God gave, gave the Holy Spirit to fill our lives through Jesus Christ, the one who saves. Because of this, we are made right with God by, by his loving favor, and now we can have life that lasts forever that, as he has promised. We have life because God has, has made that promise. Through Christ, he has washed our sins away. In verse uh, number eight, it says, what I have told you is true. Teach these things all the time so that... Uh, so that those who have put their trust in God will be careful to do good things. These things are good and will help all men. Do not argue with people about foolish questions uh, and about the law. Do not spend time talking about all your earthly, earthly fathers. This does not help anyone, and it is of no use. The conversation there is about arguing with people about foolish things and having these different conversations. Um, Have you ever met somebody who just likes to argue? I had a, uh, uh, yeah, I'm not gonna say exactly who this was. Uh, It's somebody many, many people know, and he was well thought of, but he actually started a lot of confusion and and uh, trouble within a situation. And then after I kind of called, called him on the carpet for it and uh, spoke to some of his other coworkers, uh, he sent me a text saying, I, I love to stir up trouble. I love to stir things up. And, uh, and I sent him a couple of verses saying, that's not how you're supposed to be. <laughs> that is not your purpose in life, to stir up trouble. There's always a good conversation, there's always you know, some good thinking and, and you know, maybe mind changing from time to time, but your purpose is not to stir up trouble within the church. Your purpose is to bring people together and to love and to help people uh, be, be the body of Christ. Um, so in those verses, once again, we're reminded not to argue with people about foolish things. So, again, we're talking about vessels of use to God. So we, can't, we, we shouldn't be arguing, we shouldn't be complaining, we should find things to do and do them, and do them with all of our heart, and do them with love. Verse 10 says, Talk once or twice to a person who tries to divide people into groups against each other. If he does not stop, have nothing to do with him. You, you, can't, you can be sure that he is going the wrong way, he is sinning, and he knows it. It's an interesting verse of scripture. It's an interesting statement there. Talk once or twice to a person who tries to divide people, and if he doesn't stop, have nothing to do with him. In our class this morning, our conversation was about uh, addressing sin, loving, loving the sinner, but addressing the sin, hating the sin. And there are times when people are not going to agree with us. There are times when people are going to be divisive and try to separate and and build their own little groups. And scripture tells us that one of the things as vessels that we need to do is not allow that to happen. Not allow that to happen, to walk away from that and to walk away from those people. Uh, Ronnie Dye, uh, many of you uh, know him, great hard worker for the Lord, did incredible things uh, uh, for this building and for all of us at at time to time. He got to the point in his life, there were times, I'd worked with him a long time, there were times when he'd come up and he'd have conversations with me, and then he would feel frustrated that he had, uh, as he would say, had gossiped. And then he got to the point in his life where he'd start something and he would literally just go like this, like zipping the zipper. And he would go. <laughs> and it made me smile because I realized that he, he realized that that was not of any use. His, his, negativ- his negative thought, his negative uh, opinion of whatever it was, was not going to be of any use. It was not going to be of spiritual benefit. And so every once in a while, I, I won't physically do that, but I will catch myself and I will zip it, zip it. You need to zip this thing somehow. But, the, uh, but we, we, we have to stop. We have to stop uh, doing that. And, the, and at the bottom of this verse, verse 11, it says, you can be sure he is going the wrong way, he is sinning, and he knows it. There are folks who are just on that path. They have no desire to do the right thing. And their their purpose in life is to be destructive and to tear things up and to bring division. And they know it. And a lot of people celebrate in that. Like the man I was referring to a little while ago, he kind of celebrated in the fact that, that he was able to cause frustration and aggravation. And that is not a godly trait, nor a fruit of the Spirit. So we are God's workmanship. In 1 Corinthians chapter 2, I wanna read some verses here. Uh, we are God's workmanship and we have work to do. We, have, we are to be the pride and the beauty of Christ in the world around us. From uh, 1, Corinthians, 1 Corinthians chapter 2, start with verse six. It says, we speak wisdom to full grown Christians. The wisdom is not of this world or from the leaders of today. They die and their wisdom dies with them. What we preach is God's wisdom. It is a secret. It was a secret until now. God planned for us to to have. I'm sorry. Let me read that. Starting with verse 7 again. It says, What we preach is God's wisdom. It was a secret till now. God planned for us to have this honor before the world began. None of the world leaders understood this wisdom. If they had, they would not have put Christ to death on the cross. He is the Lord of shining greatness. The holy writings say, No eyes has ever seen, nor ear has ever heard, or mind has ever thought of the wonderful things that God has made ready for those who love him. God has shown, shown these things to us through his Holy Spirit. It is the Holy Spirit who looks into all these things, even the secrets of God, and knows them to us. Verse 11, Who can know the good things about a man except a man's own spirit? that is in him. Is it, the same, is it the same with God who can understand him except the Holy Spirit? We have not received the spirit of the world. God has given us the Holy Spirit that we may know about the things he has given to us. Verse 13. We speak about these things also. We do not use words of man's wisdom. We use the words given to us by the Holy Spirit. We use these words to tell what the Holy Spirit wants to say to those who Who puts their trust in christ but the person who is not a christian does not understand these words from the holy spirit he thinks they are foolish he he cannot understand them because he does not have the holy spirit to help him understand the full-grown christian understands all things and yet is not understood for um for who has the thoughts of the lord who can tell him what to do but we have the thoughts of christ We've been talking uh, in our class on Wednesday night about the Holy Spirit, how we should uh, invite the Holy Spirit into our prayers to guide us and to lead us, and to lead us in the right ways. As Christians, we have that help, that counselor that Jesus spoke of that helps us to, to deal with people, to deal with situations, to deal with our families, to deal with our jobs in a way that helps us to be led in the right way because we can be easily led in the wrong way, as we spoke in, in our class this morning about we are bombarded in our lives by, by opportunities and ways and things to do that, that are no good. But how do we know what is of God? How do we know when it is from God? I wanted to uh, finish up by reading from Philippians chapter 1, verse, starting with verse 19. It says, because of your prayers and the help of the Holy Spirit gives me, all of this will turn out for good. I hope very much that I have no reason to be ashamed. I hope to honor Christ with my body. If it be by my life or by my death, I want to honor him without fear now and always. Do you ever think about that? Have you ever had a cause that you, you stood in such a way that you would stand whether it was life or death? that you would stand for that cause no matter what came your way. Many of you have children that you would stand for. Many of you have a husband or wife that you would stand for in the in, crosshairs, in, in the crossfires. Cross I saw a, an interview uh, <laughs> with, Ryan, with Ryan Reynolds who spoke about, of his wife, how he would you know stand, you know, um, stand in front of a, a, a train or a bullet or anything to, to save his wife, and then they had their first child. <laughs> and he said he would, if, if something was coming for that child, he would place his wife between his, his child and, and that, that trouble. And I hope he was kidding, but it was humorous as he was sharing that with uh, some late night host. It was, it, it, was, it was humorous to me, but I got the point. Parents love their children, husbands love their wives, wives love their husband, and we would do whatever we could to help them and to save them. But are we that way with Christ? Would we die for Christ? In our class, we didn't get to it this morning, but there was a, there was a I, I wanted to head that way, but we never got there, um, about living so much for Christ that you would be a martyr for Christ. A martyr is someone who stands no matter what for what they believe in. And uh, in Mansfield, there's a, a Bible museum that has a whole section that speak, that is in, in tribute to martyrs. There's a magazine called The Voice of the Martyrs that, uh, um, that is a beautiful story of people who are standing for Christ when it's very, very difficult. And on our opportunity in our lives here in Westerville, Ohio, or Marysville, Ohio, or Columbus, Ohio, wherever it is that you you are from, we have that opportunity to stand for Christ, to stand in that gap, to stand in that gap of truth for your children, for your grandchildren, for your spouse, for your friends, to be that, 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 that to be Christ to those people and to stand in that gap. Um, So it says, I hope to honor Christ with my body, if it be by my life or my death. I want to honor him without fear now and always. Verse 21 of Philippians chapter one. It says, to me, living means having Christ. To die means I would have more of him. If I keep on living here in this body, it means that I can lead more people to Christ. I do not know which is better. There is is a strong pull from both sides. I have a desire to leave this world and to be with Christ, which is much better, but it is more important for you that I stay. I am sure that I will, uh, I will live to help you grow and to be happy in your faith, verse 26. This will give you reason uh, uh, to give more thanks to Christ when I come to visit you again. That conversation there about that struggle of, of being here and being with Christ. We long to be with Christ, We long to be with our friends and family and people here, but the purpose for being here is to serve Christ and to lead people to him and to help others to know him. And to die is to be with Christ forever. So while we were here, we have that opportunity to, to live and fight for him. Verse 27 of of Philippians chapter 1 says, Live your lives as the good news of Christ says you should. If If I come to you or not, I want to hear that you are standing true as one. I want to hear that you are working together as one, preaching the good news. Do not be afraid of those who hate you. Their hate for you proves that they will be destroyed. It proves to you that... Uh, it proves you have life from God and that lasts forever. You are not only to put, away, put your trust in him, but you are to suffer with him as well. You know that what that fight is like. Now it is time uh, for you to have part in it as I have. We have that opportunity to stand for Christ. And, and he says here that I want to hear that you are, you're standing as a true one. I want to hear that you are working together. There's, there's not a beautiful, more beautiful picture than seeing a church working together with leaders who are standing and leading with vision and with with power, and that people follow them because they are following Christ. And they're making a difference in their community. They're making a difference in the lives of others. It makes a difference. It makes a difference when a church stands out. I uh, mentioned in class today, and I... Uh, added in, in my prayer, there's a church called Adventure Church. I don't know a whole lot about it. I know that it has grown pretty quickly. It's on 23, started in a strip mall, and now they've built an $8 million building off of 23 in that uh, Grief Parkway area by Columbus State. And last night, uh, one of their members uh, shared with me that they were starting in their new building today. And I told him, I said, I I would pray, and I would ask our people to pray for this church that is growing and doing great and beautiful things for for the Lord. When we hear that that stuff is happening, that should give us joy, it should give us pride, it should give us the ambition to, to do that for ourselves, to make a difference in our community, to make a difference for Christ in our families, and to do things that would honor him always. We are vessels, we are vessels, we are God's workmanship, workmanship, and we have a purpose and a life to live. And we must, we must shine for him. And if you're not, if you're not, then you're, you're not the light that he wants, and he's not, it's not what he desires for you. You may do good things, and you may but if you have that attitude of grumbling and complaining and complaining about everything that's being done instead of doing something yourself, you lose, you lose the power that you have. You lose the authority that comes from, from serving God with a good heart. So this morning, I want you to think as, as we close, I want you to think about how you are a vessel uh, of good works. You see the little pencils, the coloring pencils there, Um, I'm reminded of uh, Terry and some of the folks who are drawing in the uh, junior worship room, making uh, some scenes on the walls. That's a talent I don't have. (laughs) You give me those pencils, and I'll make a mess. Uh, But in the right hands, they do great things. Now you put some other things in my hands, and in my heart, and I can make a difference, and I do. And I hope, and I know that many of you do as well. We have that opportunity to use the gifts and talents that God has given to us because we are in a new life. We are a new creation. The old is gone, the new has come. So live that way. Live that way with that promise, with that hope that that God puts in our hearts. Live that way and be a light in the world around us. The world needs light like never before. The world is growing dark, and it's time for you and I to shine In an incredible way to make Christ known. This morning as we uh, extend the invitation to Christ, maybe you have not changed your life, maybe you've not been baptized, maybe you've not turned your heart toward God so that you would do the, the new and the right things and to be on his side. Maybe you're not, maybe as a Christian, maybe you're not bringing honor to his name as the song suggests. that might be a time for you to stop and to pray and to ask God to guide you and bless you. If you would like to do that publicly, we'd love to pray with you. Um, if you have not been baptized, if you are not a child of the King, it's a very simple thing. It would be the most incredible thing you've ever done to, to admit your sin, to, to accept Christ as your Savior, to be baptized, your sins washed away, and to rise to walk the new life that God has given and blessed and ordained for us to live. If that's a a need you have today, or anything else we could help you with, please respond while we stand and sing.